Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Hello, and welcome to Podstalgic. My name is Peter, the host of the show. I take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this review, I'm joined by Justin from the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast. What's up, Justin? What's going on, Peter? Very excited to be here. Yeah, I, you know, decided to do, uh, well, we decided to do Mannequin because we thought, you know, two guys talking about a uh, quote unquote chick flick, I think would be ideal. But hey, yeah, nothing's gonna stop us. So <laughs> there's there's nothing uncool about two dudes late at night talking about mannequin uh, in my book. That's so. right. Yeah, you know this movie kind of like reminded me of Lars and the Real Girl like quite a bit. Yes, yes. I I like to see I I see this movie as um uh, it's it's one of my favorite so bad it's good eighties movies. Like it's it's the quintessential. You're watching it and and kind of just aghast at the what you're seeing, but you're enthralled by how bad it is. So, I was excited. Yeah. I was excited to watch it again. I hadn't seen it in a while. Uh, we watched it for our podcast like six years ago, so it's been six years. And even even then, I was like seeing things that I hadn't seen before. So it was it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, you kind of um, kind of nailed it. Really, uh, watching it for this review it was kind of like a. A new watch for me. I remembered very, very little uh, from this movie, uh, so much that it was like it was a first time watch, really. And you know, you mentioned that uh, this is kind of like one of those like awesomely bad '80s movies. Uh, I too have a list, and funny enough, uh, one of the other movies on on that list I also covered called Tough Turf, which coincidentally also had James Spader in it. So it's a great movie as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This that's crazy that you've even seen it. Like I know very little people that have actually seen that movie. Oh, my 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 forte is uh very obscure um usually thought of as bad 80s movies that no one likes that I just like kind of love because I Like Heavenly Kid, The Wraith, oh, you know. Dude, Heavenly Kid. I I had the Heavenly I had the Heavenly Kid soundtrack as a kid. I just listened to it yesterday. Like that's a, one of the best soundtracks ever. It's like, uh, oh man, that song. It's like one of those. Like you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're out, like, out on the edge. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty awesome. It's I, a great song. I have a che- I have a cheesy a cheesy eighties mix that I play when I was I'm in the shower and Chrissy like my my wife Chrissy would would walk by and just kind of make fun of me because it's got like songs like that and um a cry little sister from the lost boys like really weird stuff oh, right that you're like what is that guy or grown man listening to while he's taking a shower so um i i think i'm gonna need that list <laughs> well also it has it has uh starships nothing gonna stop us now from this movie which is a big part of my love for this movie so oh yeah it's a great song but um, you know, a little uh, unprofessional of me. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your show and what you and Chrissy do? So uh, my name is Justin. My wife's name is Chrissy, and we have a podcast called "So I Married a Movie Geek." Um, it's also known somewhere in places as the Movie Geek Cast. We're at Movie Geek Cast on Twitter, and basically, we started our show. Um, oh, it's been like eight years ago after we uh, got married because. 
when I met Chrissy, I grew up in a, a literally in a video store when I was young. So I was always surrounded by movies and I was obsessed with movies. But then when I met Chrissy um, out here in L.A., she had seen kind of like, you know, a very, very small amount of movies like, you know, a core 20 amount of 20 movies or something like that. So as we were dating and, and stuff, I would learn that she hadn't seen movies like Jaws or, you know, really super obvious movies like that where you're like, why have you seen this movie? So when we got married, we started a podcast and the podcast is basically just me and her watching movies that she kind of needs to catch up on that, you know, other people see as popular, like obvious movies to watch. So that's pretty much it. And we, so we've been doing that for eight years now. We took a three year break to, to have kids because that's just totally crazy time. And, um, we're we're having a good time. We're, we we kind of do it for the love of it and the fact that it's kind of like a utility to actually watch these movies and kind of stick to it and do something, you know, together as a couple that we like to do. So, yeah, I mean, it's an awesome listen. Um, you know, I'm not just saying that. You guys are definitely on my rotation, and um, sounds cliche, but you guys have a great chemistry. Obviously, you guys are married, and it's just a, a great, great listen. Uh, Chrissy has a you know. Uh, popping personality, you know, so it's it's very fun to hear her thoughts on uh, some of the movies that we consider classics, and she's just kind of like, what is this? You know, like, I, I don't get it. Uh, for example, you mentioned Lost Boys. You know, she just, she didn't get it. I'm just like, what? That's that's one of the best parts about a podcast is when we kind of see opposite on, on a movie, and I... I'm just, you know, I'm not a movie snob. If, if, if I hear that someone doesn't like a movie that I love, I kind of like feel I need to stick up and like fight for the movie like I'm you know like the karate kid like glory of love type thing I'm just like but why don't you like it I want to get you to like it so we did Lost Boys like a couple weeks ago and she just didn't really like it and uh. and I, I kind of got sad like sometimes I just get sad and I just like oh you know and I just start thinking about the next movie she's probably not gonna like and you know tarnish my love of but we, I, dude, thanks, thanks for listening. We're just happy anyone listens. Like I said, when we started, you know, we're like, okay, if five people listen to our podcast, that's enough to for us to keep going and try to work through this really long list of of movies. So, yeah, well, I mean, you guys read like a uh, a recent review that somebody left for you, and they, they kind of, uh, I completely agree with them. But you guys are the married couple, like everybody wants to hang out with. You know, like, let's invite Justin Chrissy over and, and drink some wine and talk about movies. You know, you guys are that couple. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. But um, I am a film snob. I just wanted to correct you. Glory of Love was on Karate Kid 2. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're totally right. I am a fan of all the three original Karate Kid movies. Um, I sang Glory of Love uh, the, the the night we got married in San Francisco. And then that night we went with family to sing karaoke. And we sang uh, songs like Glory of Love, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. We had just a bunch of soundtrack songs. So thank you for thank you for correcting me. That You're totally yeah, right. Well, you guys are definitely my people, man. I love me some karaoke. Uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us is definitely one of my go-tos. You know, it, it wouldn't be like like the first five or anything, but it's definitely a, a must for sure. It's a great duet song. It's a great duet song. It, it really is. So the problem is I usually go with a bunch of guys from work. And we all just have fun because we're all like children of the eighties. There's no shame. You know? There's no shame, Peter. You could do. You could do. You could do that song with two dudes. Yeah, you know, little falsetto. It's like uh, Abba falsetto. You know. So totally, totally. <laughs> but uh, another reason we did decide to do this movie is because um, 
you know, like kind of, you know, this is something that you guys say, but this is a a birthday. This is uh, the 30th birthday uh, of Mannequin. Is it birthday or anniversary? That was a discussion we had. I guess it could be either, you know. It could be either. I I, um, I thought that uh, y- the guest that you guys had was like, well, anniversary is like any other year, but like every decade would be like, you know, a birthday or something like that. I don't know. Either one, know. happy birthday or happy anniversary to to mannequin, you know. To mannequin, thirty <laughs> years. So this came out February thirteenth, nineteen eighty seven. Uh, just to kind of look back on that year when this movie came out, the number one song, "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi. Classic, classic. Is that a song you sing too? Karaoke? Of course. That's a, that's a that's a it's, great it's one. It's a must. It's, it's a must. Yeah, maybe on some rock band, maybe. Oh, we, we definitely rock some rock band. We spent so much money on rock band and all. Like, you, you know, all the extra songs. Like you would get the core songs, right. and if you wanted to get more, you had to pay more every time you got a song. And you know, we we spent a lot on rock band. So, but that was a classic game. Classic game. I mean, you also had to pay extra for like the, the the different versions. Like they had the Aerosmith version as well, and ACDC, and all those extras. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I was still looking for like some of those '90s R&B stuff that never came. Well, Peter. I mean, I guess. I mean, it's not rock. You know. We're talking if we're talking about kar- our love of karaoke. If I'm going to karaoke, my number one choice is '90s R&B. So I'm glad that we're on the same wave. Yeah, there, so. buddy. Nobody, nobody thinks, nobody thinks a tall, you know, geeky white dude would pull out some, you know, uh, I don't know, Blackstreet or some Salt and Pepper or something like that. Oh, hey, yeah, Salt and Pepper. Uh, <laughs> what about some, you know, TLC and, uh, yeah, Boys to Men, All for One, you know, you know, uh, Soul for Real, <laughs> all, all, of, all of those. But you mentioned tall. You're definitely my tallest guest I've ha- had on the show. Really? Well, th- what are you, that's, six, that's six, five, six, 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 something? Six, six, six. Ooh, that's, that is mighty tall. You're almost a foot taller than me. <laughs> I I could play center on our basketball team. So, But yeah, 87 was a great year. I was actually looking because I knew that the, the you know, it's the anniversary of your birthday. And I was like, did you, did you see what the other movie that actually came out on the same day as Mannequin was? Over the top. Another favorite of mine. So yeah, see, and I was gonna say that too. Like, uh, I I wanted to kind of, you know, just uh, read off like the the movies that came out that weekend. But that's pretty much it. Over the top, and that's the um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, right? Yeah. Have you talked about that on your show yet? I've never seen it. <gasps> oh, Peter. Yeah, and that's the idea. This whole revamp thing, like, right? So I mean, that would be a movie that I would, if a guest wanted to, I'd watch that movie because I've never seen it. Well, you know, when when you when it's time for you to to watch over the top, I will totally come back and watch and you know watch that again and talk about it with you. Okay, yeah, I, I know be. you already. I I told Chrissy about the the one movie that you mentioned that she might want to have her talk about, and she is yes. over, overjoyed. You know, yes, times a thousand. As if if you know her just the tiniest bit, you know that she's excited to talk about that. So. I was excited to hear it um, uh, mentioned a little bit on the last episode as well. Like, oh, okay. Every, every episode. Every episode. Okay. Okay. A uh, little bit about this movie, uh, directed by Michael Gottlieb, uh, starring Andrew McCarthy in the lead role as, what was his name? Jonathan. That's Jonathan. Right. Jonathan. Uh, Kim Cattrall as Emmy. Estelle Getty as Mrs. Uh, Timkin, who owns... Uh, what is it, Prince and Prince and Company? Prince and Company. 
Okay. Uh, that is the store that Andrew, oh, Andrew, Jonathan ends up working for after a series of, um, I don't know, failed jobs. Uh, that I definitely didn't remember. James Spader, I didn't remember was in this movie. Well, he, uh, plays, he's plays like Mr. a co- Richard. Yeah, he's like a chameleon in this movie. He's he's got like doing he's doing this thing with his hair. He's got glasses. He's acting very, uh, you know, James un James. Like when I think of James Spader, I think of well, if I'm thinking about '80s movies, I think of like Pretty in Pink, like the right rich asshole jock. But th- he does not play that that role in this movie at all. And he, I don't know. He, I thought he was pretty good at it because I, I, he's I, great. I forgot it was him as well, and you know. What what's funny is he was in uh, Pretty in Pink with Andrew McCarthy, so and less than zero, and less than zero, exactly. And they must be bros. Zero. They 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 got to be. They they were bromancing before that became a thing. <laughs> but um, but James Spader, I think, is my favorite thing of this movie because he's he's so quirky that he can't stand still. Like he has to be doing something with his hands. Or, or like a body, his body. He has to shimmy or something. He just can't stay still, and and I love that. He's kind of like a a stage actor that's exploring the stage, you know, something like that. And so he's kind of doing what he needs to do in front of the lens. Just I don't know. It's 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 pretty great. He's, I mean, he's a very physical actor. I don't want. I I saw was it he was he on Private Practice? What was that show he was on with um uh, with uh, Boston sh- Legal? Boston Legal. So I, yeah, I, I didn't watch that show, but I, I'd seen a couple episodes. And then now he was on the show Black Hat. But he's a very physical actor. You Blacklist. Know? Blacklist. He kind of you know. He, obviously, he he's had it all along. If he he was doing this back in the the mannequin days, but. Um. Yeah, I I enjoyed him. And so my my basic thing about Mannequin is, like I said, it's one of those so bad it's good movies. But when you when you hear what it's about, just the logline, and then you actually watch the movie, it's just got so many moments where you're like, why did they do it that way or or something? So I'm one of those people that are just kind of intrigued by how movies that are so bad they're good make decisions on. What to do? Like uh, my favorite part about this movie is probably uh, Meshach's Taylor. Uh, his his role as Hollywood. At least it was as a right. kid. And like R.I.P. Yeah. Like now I I look back and it's obviously like a very big and loud caricature of, of a gay man. But as a kid, I thought he was like the coolest part of the movie. Like I as a kid, you know, growing up in rural North Carolina. I was like, who is this guy? Like, he is not like any guy around here. He seems so cool. Like, I want to hang out with him. Like, he seems fun. And um, I don't know. I thought he, you know, even though it was kind of a, a role that was a character, he kind of flew off the screen because he was just so loud and had so much energy over everyone. Like, every scene he was in, he was just like, bam, bam, bam. So, I don't know. I... I like lots of parts about this movie, but I remember as a kid, his his kind of role stood out and um, kind of just called to me in a way. It was really weird. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a, a character. He's definitely a character. But the funny thing is, um, my sister has a best friend that is is almost exactly like Hollywood. Uh, except for he doesn't have like the silly glasses, you know, <laughs> but he's got like a really high fade, um, you know, line. But personality is all there and he works at a Macy's. So not not too far off. He, he's probably like one of my uh, favorite friends of hers. Um, and often when we go to the mall, I try to make a point to see, you know, to run into him to say hello. 
But uh, G.W. Bailey, you know, we all know from, you know, Police Academies in here as uh, Captain Felix Maxwell. I got to say, like, the, the smaller characters, they all do such a great shot, uh, job in this movie. I, I thought he was pretty good, too, as, like, the lone security guy at Prince and Company. Um, we mentioned James Spader already, but Roxy, like, she doesn't have a whole lot to do, but I, I'm not familiar with the actress at all, and she is Jonathan's... Uh, I guess ends up being like an ex-girlfriend. Um, even she had a decent role. I don't know what's going on with this Armand guy. He didn't really do much for me. I know he's supposed to be like the comedic relief. He's supposed to be like this foreign uh, prevert, you know, to take a word from the movie here. Which but, I was so confused. Which so he worked at the other store. I was just confused about who he was and what his place was in all this. I, I what I gathered, he was like a colleague of Roxy's because he would like sexually harass her. You know, there's every, that point everyone, he drops his knees. Everyone every, sexually harassed her. Yeah. Her boss, that even BJ, yeah, BJ Wirt <laughs> is her boss. Um, I mean, different times, obviously. Uh, yeah, you know what I want to ask because I don't. Again, I I remembered very little about this, but I guess Emmy is egyptian uh, yeah i mean right from the start of this movie you're plunged into ancient egypt and you're like oh, okay what's what's this and then all of a sudden it's like if you're you know it, it, some really white soap opera stars were playing were playing the part of an egyptian princess and her mom um, and you're just like really, you're really confused off the start because that's another thing about. So a big thing about this movie is just the modulation of the the actors and their like, like kind of varying intensities of their acting. Like we talked about, Mishak Taylor, like he's just really like intense and just like flamboyant yeah. and out there. And then if you look at Kim Cattrall, who because of this movie and uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I had like a huge crush on as a kid. In this movie, she's just like. You know, she's obviously plays the mannequin, but she's the mannequin that just is so excited about life and just wants to do everything and just, you know, loves everyone and everything. And even, you know, even though her character is has been through time and, you know, done all these amazing things and met Christopher Columbus and all this stuff, she loves this dude that somehow learned how to, you know, dress store windows in a really weird, quick manner. Like, it's just really weird. Like, so... Well, what I thought it was really weird is, so apparently she prays to the gods and she disappears. Okay, so she disappears to where? Because I guess, doesn't Jonathan create her? The, uh, the I mean, the assumption is that she's kind of, I don't know, quantum leaped into different bodies, I guess, in different time periods. I don't know if it's like actual real life bodies or in this time period, you know, mannequins that... Andrew McCarthy. That's the other thing about this movie is he's a ter- you know at the beginning of the movie he's not very good at the job he's supposed to be like his love you know he's supposed to be uh, making mannequins but he's very slow and deliberate at it so he gets fired from that job and then he gets fired from several other jobs and he kind of falls into this job at the store and then for the rest of the movie you are, are led to believe that he's like this really great at uh, these store windows, but you never really see him do much. So <laughs> he really does it at all. You know, one of my favorite scenes um, um, was when, 
gosh, what was it? I, I think he went to go meet up Roxy at the French restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. And there was like the, the Mater D or whatever. He was just like, he was just like, oh, it's the Chef Flambe or there was something that he called them. It was just so hilarious because apparently the last time Jonathan was there, he burnt down the restaurant. I mean, he's the the character is just a, a complete and utter mess. I mean, the best way to read this movie, and I think we talked about it when we when I made my wife watch this movie for the first time, is if you cut out all the parts of this movie where she comes to life, this movie kind of <laughs> looks like a really scary drama about a guy with a really severe mental illness because you know all the other to all the other characters, he's this crazy guy who. You know, is seen making out with mannequins and like you know rolling around naked with mannequins and all this other taking it to the taking to the bathroom. To, to talk. I mean, from their, like like I said, from their point of view, I would be weirded out by what this guy's doing as well. So, um, I don't know. It's 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 strange. It's a strange movie. It it really is because it, it's so crazy that everybody in his workplace they. You know, word gets around that Jonathan walks around with his mannequin. He goes into like closets and rooms. So everyone's just like waiting for him to come out just to go applause him or yeah, it's, 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 it's bonkers. It's, it's like he's the sl- like he, he's the slow one at the store who is, you know, obsessed with this mannequin. And, and I noticed this, I, I guess I didn't notice this the last time is, Throughout the movie, he's calling like family and stuff and saying, "Am I crazy? Like, was you know, were, were you and my dad like brother and sister or stuff like that? Yeah, like, he, like, like he he thinks that he's he's mentally ill as well. So, um, yeah, I it, it's 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 pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it, it's a legitimate question because you take away that ending where she does come to life. You know, um, out of the blue for he, no he's reason. He's the only one that sees her. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I was trying to get a read on that too. And obviously, I want to hear what, what you got to say. But I was just like, is it because like she's about to die? He saves her life or something? I mean, because like I thought they revealed they loved each other when they did it <laughs> or something. I don't know. I, I think we're trying to read into much about this, you know. Per, per, right, parable right. about a mentally ill man wanting to, you know, have sex with a mannequin. I mean, this is a. This is a tightly written script, sir. You know, so my 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 favorite part about rewatching this time was trying to figure out at what point they uh, they had sex in the movie because this time I was watching, I was like, nope, they haven't had sex, but like he won't, like she keeps taking off her clothes. Like that's another thing about this movie is as a kid, I remember loving movies where uh people are stuck in like department stores and stuff. Like as a kid, I loved. Uh, <laughs> career opportunities where uh, the guy was stuck in like the the target with Jennifer Connelly for the whole night, and I was like, as a kid, I was like, this sounds like heaven. Like you know, this is awesome. This is an awesome premise for a movie. And then there was this movie where you know he was stuck in a department store with Kim Cattrall, um, you know, for nights on end. Like I said, he's supposed to be doing these amazing windows, and they show like the the end product, but they don't show a lot of like what went into them, and so. You're you're to assume like is she helping you with him with all these windows? But then you're like, where did she learn how to do these windows? <laughs> you know, so. I mean, she hung out with Christopher Columbus. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure she's picked up a few <laughs> skill sets. But I mean, obviously, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief in this movie. I remember the one point where um you know they were just playing all night, and then he's like, 
oh my god, or she, I think she realized, oh my god, the window. So they go over there and there's like all these mannequins, and she's like, we don't have time to dress them. He's like, you're right. <laughs> and then the next morning, it's like a bunch of like mannequins that are like trying to run for the bus. I'm like, where did they get that bus? Like, <laughs> they have a they have a lot of like materials and stuff. Like throughout the movie, you see like they're in a back room and like there's tons of mannequins or like people are like soldering mannequins. I'm like, what kind of department store is this? Is this a department store or like a mannequin, you know, construction warehouse or something. And then there's a, there's like a musical sequence in this movie where they, they, they have, they dress up in all these weird clothes. You're like, where did they, yeah. Like where did they find, like what, what section of the store did they find these like, you know, 80s punk rock you know and a guitar and all this stuff like i don't know <laughs> it yeah i mean i'm sure they have like a vintage section or <laughs> vintage. you know just stuff is something that's trending I, I don't know i mean it, it is a pretty sizable department store definitely not as big as their competitor uh illustrious um uh, you know some of the other scenes that i really like uh during those evening um yeah, I don't know, play play dates or whatever you want to call it. The, Mr. Richards, uh, James Spader, you know, he tells um, G.W. Bailey to keep an eye out uh, for Jonathan. I, I'm not sure exactly why, you know, because he hears about this mannequin. But, you know, it's um, every time he thinks he catches uh, Emmy or Jonathan doing something, Emmy, like, runs into him or something falls on him and and he's and she's always like sitting on him or whatever like uh, uh one example where she was like was well, she flying on at, like at, hang gliding yeah at one point she like hang glides directly into him and knocks him out so yeah that's that's the other thing like yeah James Spader's character you assume that he's like an asshole to them because he wants you know the the store to be bought up by the other store basically and he's kind of like a, a turncoat inside but then gw bailey's character you're like what is his deal like other than him kind of being like a a bigot towards them it's like instantly he hates andrew mccarthy's character so you're just like okay that's that doesn't really make sense but it just seemed they were the villains and you're like what's you know just let him have his mannequin love man let him be him so you know, I, I'm sure everyone was just casted and was just like, all right, just be over the top, really, because G.W. Bailey, he's like this, you know, he's just like any other character you've seen him in, like Short Circuit, again, Police Academy, he's the same guy. And it's like, well, you want all the action. Why are you at this department store where there's like nothing happens? <laughs> you know, I, and so that that's, that's all it is. Like, he's just like, okay, you're this new kid. <laughs> I got to do something, so you're my target. You know, you're an easy target. You seem to be the only one here at night, so you're up to no good, clearly. At one point, he just starts, like, punching him in the face. You're like, what kind of security guard are you? And, and you know, Andrew McCarthy's character and uh, the, the mannequin at one point severe, severely frightened G.W. Bailey's dog, like, to the point that he's just, like, a different, a different dog throughout the movie. He can't. He can't be even seen in the same room as uh, the the mannequin, basically. So, one of my other favorite scenes that I I had a pretty audible laugh was when, uh, you know, uh, so Mister Richards, James Spader, he gets fired, um, basically because uh, Jonathan gets promoted. Well, no, not at this time. He was getting a lot of attention, you know, and Mister um, Richards, he uh, 
So he gets fired. G.W. Bailey also gets fired. So they try to go work for a Illust- lustrous. And then they go steal all the mannequins. And at one point, James Spader, he picks up like the mannequin and like the mannequin's asses in his face. <laughs> and it's just like, it just, it just stays on that shot forever, you know? And James Spader is just killing it in that scene. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, he's a good comedian, man. That's the, that's the crazy thing. Another thing we talked about, I remember from when we, we watched this movie last, is these mannequins are very uh, detailed. Like, usually in the, the stores, you, you know, uh, I think what did my my wife thought that their nipples were like too defined. You're like that's like really like porno nipples on these mannequins um, in the movie. In the movie, like okay, and um, bat nipples like uh, Schumacher. Th- exactly. And so my other que- my other question I think that came up, Peter, is the 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 whole conceit about the movie is for much of the movie he only sees her alive and if someone right. if someone comes by she's instantly back to a mannequin like if they're da- yes. if they're dancing and have an 80s dance sequence but someone walks by she's just like frozen like an 80s dance move basically with the same clothes on and everything so our question was at, at one point they do have sex cuz they like tin it up in this department store but if they're having sex and something walk and someone walks by what happens to him? That that was our big question. So right. So if he if they were in the in mid coitus, mid coitus, right, and and, and G W Bailey, Bailey walks by, what happens to Andrew um, McCarthy and his? He he will go to the ER. I, I'd imagine, <laughs> you know, because because the you know it it, it happened. Um, you know, like when uh, they were kissing in the bathroom and Hollywood walks in and, you know, and she's just in the kissing position still. And Jonathan's like, what, what the hell? Or they're like rolling around and he's like, su- it's suddenly on top of her. But I'm talking about like, you know. Oh, I know. P, I know P, what you're talking about. P, P in the V. P in the V, Peter. And, and yeah, so P in the veg. we're like, yeah. I guess he'll be, you know, either stuck or there'll be some kind of, you know, real. Yeah, I really, I feel it's going to be like a, there's something about Mary situation there. You know, definitely stuck. You know, because um, I thought the same thing, or at least like a very similar idea. Like, well, if she was, let's say, she was drinking soda, you know, just a, a cup of a cup of water or something. Somebody walks in. Does does the water we're assuming is still liquefied? I mean, does that just you know splash onto her face? I mean. There's there's no holes like there's no organs. Does the water come out of her belly? I don't know. I love I love that we're like we're we're Neil deGrasse Tysoning at this. We're like yes. man, mannequins don't work that way. You know you know this right. is not real. That's, that's not how it works. You never see her use the bathroom throughout the movie. Does she use the bathroom? Does I don't know. They go into the bathroom. You know maybe just uh, we, we just don't see it. Yeah, I mean all those times that she was frozen, she doesn't eat. Yeah, you know, I mean I guess she is really thin. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, are there really organs in there? I mean, <laughs> or the, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And, like, I keep going back to it, but, like, he's supposed to be this amazing window dresser. And then you see these windows, and I know it's, you know, this was released in 87. But you look at him, you're like, okay, like, they're okay. But the people, like huge amounts of people like this is like a a youtube concert like show up to see these windows and like stare at them and like point and stuff and you're just like one bystander had like a <laughs> like a like a sketch pad and she was like just drawing something you know but it, it's <laughs> i can't let this moment I, I, pass i have to document this i i don't i don't know what it is because um i 
I don't feel like if I saw, I, I think like the way the windows were dressed were just more for theatrics. Like it's cool to look at, but it's not going to make me go in there and buy anything, you know, because I don't think they highlighted like any of the clothing, you know, that well. Exactly. It would make me want to buy the clothes. Like, like I said, I would pass it and be like, oh, that's cool. And, and it, but it definitely wouldn't want to make me just like stand there forever. Like it's like the, the, the crisp, the, the window at the beginning of a Christmas story, which you understood because there's like, tons of toys and like all these other things happening and they're transfixed by it because it's the you know 1950s or something but this isn't the mid 80s and you know just mannequins are moving or you know the tennis ball thing i don't know i don't know so that coupled with the fact that he's supposed to be really good and then the fact that you never see him actually do much of the window business it often what would happen is they would talk about okay we're going to make this really good window and then it would cut to him like passed out, and he like wake he wakes up and he's like, oh, you know, I did this. This is great. So, like I said, you assume that she does it all, but how did she learn how to do the 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 windows? So, and you never see, uh, yeah. but it was Meshach Taylor. It was Hollywood's job in the beginning, and you 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 see him do even less than the two of them. So. I don't know. I'm I'm watching this movie and I'm like, how did their job titles and their positions uh, change throughout the movie? He kept be he, he kept being like promoted. So I don't know. I I look at it as a parable of you know he was kind of like the the Forrest Gump of this movie that really didn't have to do much and he just kept being you know lifted up and you know kind of by the end of it he's the president of this whole company uh, for not doing a lot of a lot of anything basically. So. I do have one question. What was that whole deal about when um when Jonathan was riding on his bike uh with with Emmy in the back? Like where were they going? You know, when like Roxy ran into them and do you remember that? Like they just cut out a night into town riding on their he, motorcycle. Yeah, he he just wanted to get out. He they had uh they had tried on all the outfits and danced to all the eighties, you know, songs. So he he was if we look at it the the other dark way, he was mentally ill enough to just take this mannequin on the back of his bike and ride around town with her, basically. So yeah, out in the public because he knows that she's going to be a mannequin the entire time. But okay. but he put I think he at least put a helmet helmet on her head, right? So he was thinking of her safety just in case. But that's the thing, like if maybe if, if, so, if if he rides around at like two o'clock in the morning and no one's around, is she like human and she can enjoy it? You know, yeah, yeah, that, that's the assumption, right? Um, <laughs> because anytime, yeah, somebody comes into like the room, like the the powers that be, I think kind of changes her into to a mannequin. Uh, yeah, I see that's the thing though, like this whole Egyptian thing in the very beginning, I feel like throws me off. Like, it, it I don't think, I think if they didn't introduce that. It's like we we're not thinking about like what kind of rules of this or what what are these gods doing really? Because she always you know keeps looking up to the skies and all this. Or or I mean obviously at the beginning she she asked the guys to help her because she doesn't want to marry you know some dude that she doesn't want to marry. So you assume from the point that she leave you know flashes out of Egypt to the point she's in this random department store in Philadelphia that she's I don't know looking for love or the person like the the guy that she wants to spend her whole life with is she immortal I don't know and it, he could barely keep a job it, it, boy he can't keep I know, a job he can't keep a job and he and she settles on him and it, I mean assume at the end of the movie you you're like okay I guess she's stuck with him now so I hope they're 
happy together. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think this relationship will last. That's what I'm saying, Peter. It, it's just. Yeah, you don't. You don't think so. I mean, she, he's not excited anymore. That was the exciting part. He's like, oh, you know, this is something new and exciting. Like she does. Now you're just a regular girl. She, she doesn't know that I'm a degenerate, and she's only around for you know portions of the day. So I'll try to hoodwink her into that I'm a cool guy. Oh no, now she's human. Like now I've got to be awesome. So, and and you know. As you know, I liked it. With, I, I, I liked it better when you were a dummy. Exactly. <laughs> I, um, I mean, that's the thing. He can kind of control when he has to has to talk to her or not. You know, if he doesn't want to talk to her, exactly. he could just be in a, a group of people. Or um, that that was the thing. So I assume that she's human. Like if if the dog ran up, would she still be human or not? I, I assume that she was human. When the dog ran up, am I... You know what? I mean, it, it could be a thing like Quantum Leap. You know, dogs were able to see Al, right? So so maybe the dog did see her in real human form, you know, just like, wait a minute. Which, which by the way, so you're a huge Quantum Leap fan, right? I am, yes. So do you listen to um, the Nerdist podcast, by the way? I don't. So Nerdist podcast, obviously very popular, hosted by Chris Hardwick. But but the main thing I was going to bring up is he recently had um, Nathan Fillion um, from you know Firefly and stuff, and right. they were talking about uh, him and the host were talking about other things, and they mentioned they had an idea to pitch a Quantum Leap reboot to somewhere like Netflix. And they're like, who would be who would be the best star? And they said uh, Nathan Fillion. So I was like, that would be awesome because that that would be pretty good. I all these reboots going on, I that's the main one that I'm like, that would be a super easy show to reboot if there was like a, a place like Netflix that would buy it up. That would be one of the ones where I was like, okay, like I'm on board for Quantum Leap reboot. Let's do this. So. I'm- Absolutely, I, I've been waiting. I mean, my co-host over at the uh, Back to the Future of the Animated Series podcast is Albie from the Quantum Leap podcast. So, and that's an, that's that, that's another thing we share. Uh, Back to the Future is my my favorite movie of all time. So, well, you you see all my goodies in the back here, right? I got Marty and Doc right here. I, I yep, it, it's d- much love, man. Like I said, I, I love. I mean, Back to the Future and Quantum Leap. I love time travel shit. So. Um, I do too. Now you were just talking about, um, you know, you hearing rebooting of Quantum Leap. I think this movie could use a remake. Wait, it was it was L- Lars and the Re- Real Girl, right? No, that's like the uh, yeah, serious. No, but- I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a great movie too. But um, you know, I welcome remakes. I mean, I have a I have a show called Original Remake. You know, and, but um, you know, so so if if this were to get redone, who can you see? In some of these roles, so like, so for the role of Emmy, I've already thought about this. Okay. You, right. you need someone who has a very strong um, comic presence, but also very, uh, you know, sexy, sensual stuff like that. Okay. As a Kim Control fan of this movie, so I'm thinking more of like a uh, like a Jennifer Lawrence type uh, actress, someone like that. So. Okay, I you, you know what she crossed my mind, but I think that she is on a level where she wouldn't accept a role like this. this so this I try is, to think this of is dreams, Peter. We're dreaming. I, I know, I dreaming. know, I know, I know. But but uh, hear me out. The reason I went with this one is because I've seen her play, you know, a, eh, I guess a similar role like this, but Amanda Seyfried. 
she's good. She's good. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of like, um, you know, like her rom coms, like uh, what Letters from Juliet and Mamma Mia to a certain extent. Like I can see her this doe eyed, happy. You know. you know what I just thought of, and and this just came up recently when the the Oscar nominations c- came out. Is um, I don't know what you think about Arrival, or have you seen Arrival yet? I, I did not. So I I've seen most of it. Uh, it's one of those movies we kind of fell asleep during, but I really liked Amy Adams in Arrival. But I okay. but I loved her in Enchanted, and I think oh yeah, I, same thing. I think her her, her kind of like portray, portrayal in Enchanted, which I think she was kind of robbed of an Oscar nomination for in itself. That kind of vibe and energy would do well as you know someone who would play mannequin. So I'm like Amy Adams. I know it's a pipe dream, and we're dreaming, but she would also be a good uh, you know person to play that role as well. I think that actually, I think that's great. Uh, what about Jonathan here? Um, Jeez, what do you? I mean, that's the that's the thing. What are your thoughts about Andrew McCarthy in the eighties? I I know we've talked about, we've messaged for back and forth about weekend. Like I like her, I like him in Weekend at Bernie's and stuff like that. I like him a lot in Weekend because he he's kind of a a bit of a weasel, he, you know, in Weekend at Bernie's. He's kind of got like a weird like energy of like in this he's got some kind of some ticks ticks anxiety but yeah uh i like him in that but then you see him in like pretty and pink and he's kind of got the i don't know like rich entitled kind of like preppy type thing going on so i don't know what what is your if so in, in a reboot who would you have in that role uh dave franco dave franco hmm did you see Nerve? He was in Nerve, you know, obviously the uh Did, Was that good? I've heard really weird things about it. You know what? I actually liked it. Um I had no idea what it was about. I actually rented it because my uh 14-year-old daughter wanted to see it. Uh I was like, "Hey, you you choose the movie and she picked that." I'm like, "Okay, you know, I know the leads." And I watched it. I go, "Hey, for what it's worth, it was actually a decent watch. I I didn't mind it at all." Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen it. But the did the the catfish guys do do that movie? Oh, I don't know. I think so. I have re- really weird feelings about catfish. I I really didn't like the documentary that much at all, and I and I was in like like it, it was one of those movies that it, I saw it before it came out here in L.A. and then it kind of got popular. I like the catfish show uh-huh. a lot, and then those same guys that did. Those the, the documentary and that did I think it was Paranormal Activity three, which I thought which I thought was really good and I think they did Nerve so I don't know they're they're interesting guys I I definitely want to check it out um Jane, I know it, I know it is directed by two guys yeah so Jane so Dave Franco I I think that you need kind of like a ugh, like I know he's too old but somebody like a, a Paul Rudd type. Yeah, actor or, or character like that. So, like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I would put Paul. Getting, I, I think, old I think Paul Rudd's kind of immortal, man. Like, how old is that? Paul Rudd, Amy Adams. How Paul, dude? Let's let's book this, Peter. Like let's book this, Peter. I would watch that movie right now. <laughs> Paul Rudd yeah. and Amy Adams in a mannequin reboot. I I love it. Um, I because I was thinking of like Dave Franco and and stuff like that for the role of uh Captain Felix uh what's his face. I was thinking uh like a Seth Rogen. You know, it doesn't have to be old. It could be just you know, just uh 
you know, Seth Rogen <laughs> as a security cop. Well, he did it in uh, kind of in an observe and report. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. It, that that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. in a mall. So, uh, I did see that. Um, very dark. Yeah, very dark. Right. Very funny. Um, that would work. That would work. Dude, I'm really getting excited about this mannequin reboot, man. It's yeah. it's it should happen. I mean, how much can it cost? We could, you know. I mean, hey, they paid six million. What 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 is that in 2017 terms? This so mannequin in in 87 cost six million to make. That's that's what it says. Yeah, how, Wikipedia. How much did it make at the box office? Forty forty. Oh, I'm sorry. Budget was seven point nine. I don't know where I got six from. Um, so seven point. So let's just say eight million budget. Box office forty two point seven. Did it? Do you know if it? I think it beat over the top. That it, they came out the same weekend, and I think it beat over. The, uh, it did over the top has sixteen million. Wow. So forty two and sixteen, and uh, it looks like over the top had more theaters as well. Damn. Yeah, by eight hundred. Oh, man, so I can't wait. People I, love them some. Rom-coms. I can't believe you haven't seen over the top, and I'm so excited for you to see it sometime in the future. It's. It's another. It's crazy that it came out on the same day as as Mannequin because they kind of they share the same like what what is this movie that I'm watching um, kind of you know theme which is like like I said I love movies like that where you're just like yeah how I I mean I almost said how did this get made because that's one of my favorite movie podcasts but like how did this get oh, made me too how did this get made like what were they thinking i love that this movie is so weird and so different and so you know unique and it's often it's badness so who would you pick to play hollywood um i i don't know if i love this but i thought tracy morgan <laughs> that'll be great be, i love tracy morgan i mean the obvious one that i go to is the the unbreakable kimmy schmidt guy Who's kind of like? Oh right! Oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah. I, I, we love that show, and we kind of joke that my wife is the um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt of movies because I can see if that. You, if you haven't seen that show, she basically busts out of a. Uh, uh, she's been on an underground shelter for much of, much of the movie, and then she breaks out, and she's like, she would be a good mannequin. She's kind of uh, Kimmy Schmidt's kind of kind of like a mannequin, yeah. mannequin positive, really energy like. Oh my gosh, you know, like I, I'm, I want to enjoy the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, so there you go. Yeah, you already got the two characters from there. What others? What, what James, about the Mr. Richards? Is is Mr. Who's Mr. Who's Mr. Richards? Oh, the J- James Bader. Yeah. Mm. James Franco. James Franco. He can play that weird type, you know, uh, hair combed back with glasses, and he can explore the stage. I don't know. I love James Franco. You know, uh, I just saw a picture of he's doing the movie based on the the um, the production of the Room. Have you seen the Room before? Actually, I did because uh, I took a month off during the summer, and the Daily Cringe podcast they actually uh, did a takeover for my show and reviewed that movie. So they're like, Peter, you gotta watch this. I'm like, all right, well, it's the least I can do for you guys reviewing it. And I watched it. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, the the room is like, like what is this? The room is legendary here in LA. So I've lived in LA for almost um 15 years now. And like years ago, I remember I I used to live in Hollywood and there was this billboard always in Hollywood which was like a picture of Tommy Wiseau's face kind of like enticing you to go see the room like for years. And like for years I was like, what 
is this? Like, it kind of looked really weird and scary. And then at one point, I I um I think it was I told Christy I was like, we have to figure out what this movie is. And then we went to they would have like midnight screenings of the the room, right? And we went to this, and we were just like, this is awesome like we saw Those we saw sex scenes are so uncomfortable we, we saw and peter you've you've seen the movie we saw a screening where he was there was so was Damn. there and like people were like throwing footballs and shit to him and we were just like our our, our <laughs> brains were exploding and like ever since then anytime he comes up or anybody talks about the room we're just like let's talk about the room and the fact that james franco is doing a movie based on the production of the room is just like I'm so excited to see that movie. I, I, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. So, I did, I did hear about that, and I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um, so I, I guess that's our remake. Uh, you got any other last thoughts about this movie? <laughs> um, I mean, I would, I would say if anyone's never seen it, they should definitely, definitely see it. Like, check it out. Um. Come go in with it if you if especially if you like really cheesy, um, strange eighties movies. I was like, you know, oh I, yeah. I, I mean, w- like I said, we we do our podcast. We've done like a hundred and you know forty some episodes. I think like episode nine was mannequin because I was mm. like, you have to see this movie. I just told her like the log line of the movie, and you're like, what? And so it's one of those movies like if you. If you like crazy crazy 80s movies, it's it's definitely one that you should watch. So, and, Yeah, for and, sure. I mean, the, the, the song got nominated for Best Original Song. For Oscar? Yeah, nominated. So we you could say that Mannequin is an Oscar-nominated film. Absolutely, you can. Do you know what did lost to? Like, how could Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship lose to another song? Oh, let's see if I can find out. Like I'm such a Starship fan that I like we built the city, so that's how ingrained in my Starship love I am. So was this the the so this would be the Oscars that that aired in '88? That this was uh, it looks like it's still yeah in '88. So it was the 60th Academy Awards. All right, this makes sense. Best uh, it lost out to I've had the time of my life. <gasps> So that's our other so, favorite duet song to do. That's a great uh, karaoke duet song from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. So, so that's, that's uh, respectable. That that works. Both those songs are very good. Here's the other ones that uh, were nominated: "Shakedown" from Beverly Hills Cop Two. Awesome, awesome song. And well. "Storybook Love" uh, from The Princess Bride. I don't off remember. The top, I don't remember. That I don't one. know what that is off the top. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Hey, Inner Space also came out that year. I forgot. Best uh, visual effects. So, like I said, 87 was a great year, man. It really was. Lost Boys, Lethal Weapon, um, Inner Space, uh, Predator. Like, right, Predator, yes. A ton of, I mean, uh, it, it's like... It's a great era. It was a great decade for everything, music and movies. I, I feel, like I said, I, I grew up in a video store, and I was kind of like seeing all these movies that were, you know, way too advanced for me and kind of, you know, are kind of ingrained on me as a movie lover, like... I you know Lethal Weapon, Predator, Mannequin. You like I've seen all those movies so so, so many times that they're uh, you know I don't know huge favorites. So it was it was it was a pleasure to rewatch it. I, I thought it was great. So 
Yeah, yeah. No, um, well, thank, thank you for coming on to talk about this movie. Now, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 22%. <laughs> and on IMDb, uh, do you still have it up? Was it like 4.8 or something like that? It was extremely low. That, I think it was like, uh, wait, 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 wait. Here we go. No, five five point eight on IMDb. So, so which one would you? I mean, obviously twenty two percent is pretty darn low. But do you agree with that five point eight? Do you think it should be higher? I I think the five point eight is is kind of a solid solid grade, you know. And 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 like I said, I kind of, I, I of course I like the you the eight nines and tens, but especially in the eighties when I was a kid, I would probably I would probably be kind of weirdly obsessed with like the fives and the sixes and the seven those. Movies that are in the middle that are like, they're not terrible and they're not great. They're kind of in the middle and you're just like, you know, I'm kind of weirdly obsessed with the their, sometimes their averageness, I guess. But um, yeah, 5.8 sounds like a, a pretty good rate for this one. So Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, there's so many questions um, about this movie. Like well, one example, like later on when Jonathan is over at Illustrious, and he's like, where, where, where is she? Where is she? And Roxy like just runs off. He just starts chasing her. And I'm thinking, what are you gonna do when, if and when you catch her? You know, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. The movie's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great actors. Obviously, it was a very attractive mannequin. Why throw it in the like, you know, what it was almost like, not even a trash compactor, like a trash blades and stuff. Like, why do you have to do that to the mannequin? You know, so. And we talked about this. There's a there's a sequel to this movie as well, Peter. So, which is like not not good bad, but just bad bad. So, I mean, uh, Terry Kaiser, you know, <laughs> Terry, uh, from Weekend at Bernie's, Christy Swanson of, of Buffy, yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame. That movie is horrible. Like it, it's almost not you know enjoyable in any way to watch. It's just like the flip side of. It's like you, you, you hear the log line for this movie, you watch the movie, you're like, oh, that's weird, and like I kind of like it. And then you watch Mannequin 2, you're like, okay, that's how it could have gone way wrong, basically. So so in, the, in that one, it's just about a necklace, right? You take the necklace off, and you, know, you put it on, and it like, kind of breaks the spell. I, w- I wanted to see the continuation of Jonathan and Emmy's love, and I was very disappointed yeah. when it didn't happen. So You want to know if they broke up or not? <laughs> they, they. I wanted to affirm my belief that they. It was a, a relationship that w- was not going to last. Basically, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of uh, like other movies that I felt might be better than this. That's kind of in the same vein. I mean, you got like Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer. You know, I guess to kind of stay on like the John Cusack train here. I think those those are a little bit more same like, direct, same director. Oh, is that okay? See, I don't. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, but. I think I like those a little bit better, but this one's definitely fun. Uh, totally 80s, you know, better music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I loved Andrew McCarthy in this in this role, but uh, I do. I think my favorite role is uh, of his is Weekend at Bernie's, to be honest with you. And all the other ones are pretty much like, you know, that they're all in the pull of Andrew McCarthy movies. So my question for you is, and I mentioned this earlier, I had uh, a lot of like 80s movie crushes as a kid. And Kim Cattrall, like I said, with this movie in Big Trouble in Little China was definitely one of them. Uh, another big one was Elizabeth Shue, of course, in Karate Kid and like Cocktail and Adventures of Babysitting. Were, did you have any similar right. similar like 80s movie crushes as well? Well, um, yeah, I, I would say uh, Kim Cattrall, I uh, really liked her in Big Trouble in Little China. Elizabeth Shue, 
Um, she's definitely uh, Allie with an I, you know, from Karate Kid. She's Chris from Adventures in Babysitting, but she will never be my Jennifer Parker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, she She's number two. She's number two. And if you think about it, she she doesn't show up to any of the Comic Cons. You know, she doesn't claim that she's like the Jennifer Parker. That's uh, Claudia Wells. She's out there doing that. You know, only being in the first movie. You got don't Peter. You I I have strong feelings for Elizabeth Shue. Did you all right, all did right. you hear? I hate to plug our podcast, but did you hear our episode with um with Keith Coogan? So we had actor Keith Coogan on our show. To talk about adventures in babysitting and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I think I did because I think you told me about that. So I love both those movies and we had him on as a guest on our show. And we kind of, me and him bonded about our mutual love for Elizabeth Shue. Um, So he was in adventures with babysitting with Elizabeth Shue and apparently had a huge crush on her when they were filming the movie and at one point even kind of like slyly asked her out on a date and she totally turned him down because she had a boyfriend at the time. And I was like, Oh man, Keith Coogan's like my bro. Like we share Elizabeth shoe love. So I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I, you know, gotta be somebody else. On the did you like, did you like Leah Thompson as a kid? I did. I did. She was definitely, I mean, I mean, Lorraine back to um, future space camp, Howard the duck. Yeah, well, Space Camp was definitely my jam. Um, what did I just say? Did I say Space Camp? Yeah, a great movie. I meant, I'm sorry. I meant Howard the Duck. Both Space great Camp movies. I've never seen. You've never seen Space Camp, Peter. I haven't. I've never seen Space Camp. But uh, Hunger City, that's my song, you know, from, from Howard the Duck. Space. So you got to see Over the Top and Space Camp, Peter. Space, space, space Camp, okay. I'll have to get back to you on a list of uh, crushes because... They're all up there. These uh, these three that you speak of, um, Molly Ringwald never saw. I never saw it. You you didn't see any Molly Ringwald uh, movies as a kid? No, I did, but I, I didn't. I didn't see. Oh, you didn't see the love for her. Yeah, yeah, I understand. That. Yeah, I uh, we, I was a weird science uh, fan as a kid with uh, yeah with um Kelly Le- Kelly Kelly LeBrock Kelly LeBrock, and I was weirdly into. If anyone's seen Weird Science, the the two the two girlfriends in the movie, like you know, the, Kelly Brock was the you know the 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 woman that they created the movie, but right uh, throughout the movie they're like, how are we gonna how are we gonna get these other two girls who are like the popular girls to love us? And as a kid, I was like, oh, those girls are super hot. I would be totally in with them as well. So, well, um, I guess I liked. Uh what was her name? Was it Vanessa Angel? Oh, and the from Ladybugs. Is that is that her name? Was it was she Vanessa 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 Shaw Vanessa, Vanessa Shaw. Shaw? Yeah, I totally get that. Ladybugs. Oh my gosh, Ladybugs. Yeah, with John. Yeah, that was the, that was a thing. The late Jonathan Brandis. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, and Ronnie Danger. That's a great movie. I actually like Ladybugs. So there was Ladybugs, and what was that? So he was in Ladybugs with uh, Ronnie Dangerfield, but he was Ronnie in Ronnie Dangerfield. Yep. Sidekicks, sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Yeah, with Chuck Norris. Crazy, what a crazy, crazy IMDb page he had. So, well, that that works. Vanessa Shaw is very. She uh, is super hot. She was in um, Eyes Wide Shut. She was the. Um, oh, the I what? saw it like the one time in, when it came out in theater. That's it. She, she plays uh, a call girl. I think a call girl that 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 Tom Cruise's character meets. Throughout his, you know, crazy journey in that movie, but 
Solid crush, Peter. I, I approve of, of Vanessa Shaw. Oh, well, I mean, and at the time, I only knew her in one thing, but Sherilyn Flynn from The Wraith. And I would later on find her in Twin Peaks. You know, and she, she was also super cute and hot in uh, Just One of the Guys. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, yeah, like, like a long time ago. She wasn't the lead. She wasn't the lead, right? She was not the lead. She was okay. the the weird uh, the the weird quirky girl that was in in love with the the lead character, who was the girl who you know cut her hair and turned like turned into a boy trying to basically get like an internship or something. But right. Um, oh, how did I forget Helen Slater? Oh, of Legend of Billie Jean fame. And Supergirl, of course. I, I've I've seen it. Not not something I grew up with, but yeah, Supergirl. Um, Secret, Secret of My Success. success. Yeah. So that's that's a weird another movie that we weirdly watched in our podcast because when I was um when I was a kid and I was like you know I was raised in a, a small rural town in the south. I was always like, oh man, someday I'm gonna either move to New York or L A. And I hope that I have a a really rich uncle that I can. <laughs> That can help me get a job. I was kind of obsessed with that movie, so it's a good one. It's oh, a good man. movie. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and rethink like all the. I think we watched all the same movies, Peter. So probably uh, did, probably I, did. I'm on the same wavelength with that. Mac and Me, you know, like oh, you, you, you mentioned me. terrible movies, so yeah, Mac and Me was one. Yeah, definitely made me want to eat Skittles more. Right? Was that the thing, Skittles? Uh was Mac and Me Skittles? I think it was because it was you know it was trying to be. E.T., but not being right. E.T. Mac and me, and it was also the weird McDonald's um, scene. Ca- I remember the dance. Yeah. Pro- propaganda dance propaganda movie. Yeah. Um, what was the other one I was thinking of? Fly the Navigator. Were you, you, you were the one that was a Fly the Navigator fan. You did it on the show, right? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, well, Sarah Jessica Parker was in there, tying it back to Kim Cattrall, uh, Sex in the City. So one of my biggest moments living here in L.A., several years ago, we were... My wife and I were hiking in this very popular hills area where people go to hike and be seen and stuff. And so we're hiking and we look over and you see these very expensive houses in the hills. There's this one house that had a back porch. And on that back porch, in an area where you think a grill would be, was a, uh, a basically like a, a smaller replica of the ship from Flight of the Navigator. Oh, no kidding. And I was like... Of course, Chrissy had no idea what I was doing. I was like, Chris, Chrissy, that looks like the that looks like the ship from Fly the Navigator. It's totally it. I took a picture of it, and then I went home, and I don't know if it was instantly, but sometime in the next year or so, found out that the one of the guys, I don't know if it was the director or something, lived there and had a replica of the Fly the Navigator ship in his backyard. And I was like, I knew it. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, w- imagine, you know, having backyard parties and, and going back to cook some hot dogs, and people were like, is that the Flight of the Navigator ship? And it was. It was totally in this guy's backyard, just like chilling, like it was not nothing where you know if i had it i was you know i would (laughs) hide it away and and keep it because it would be such a highly valuable uh, movie prop i would assume so yeah i mean that's a clean looking ship oh amazing it just occurred to me that vanessa shaw was also in hocus pocus you know um a favorite of chrissy's she loves that movie so i was like 10 you know when that came out and obviously i i reviewed that but uh oh man i just lost it i just had another Crush that I thought about. Oh, um, Marguerite Moreau, you know, who was in the Mighty Ducks. 
Love the Mighty Ducks. All three Mighty Ducks. Solid, yep. solid films. Great oh, trilogy. I was trying to think of the other one. The, um, gosh, the girl from uh, The Wizard with Fred Savage. I forgot her name. Ah, oh, and she's a sing- Ginny Lewis. So, oh, yeah, there you go. She was in the, the Wizard. She was in Santa Claus, the movie. She was in True Beverly Hills. She had red hair. And I was like, the big thing was The Wizard. So, I, as a kid, I loved, of course, NES. In that movie, she kind of like tags along and is cool, you know. With I thought you said any ass for a second. <laughs> she, I, that's I, also I, true. <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, yes, but I was like, oh man, if this girl is cool with Nintendo Entertainment System, like tournaments and stuff, you know, she's my kind of girl, basically. So, yeah. But I, I, I want to say to you, Peter. No, number one, thank you for letting me uh, be on the podcast and talk about Mannequin, a favorite of mine. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of your shows. Thank I, you. uh, I kind of want to have an intervention with you because every time I see you, you're um, starting a new podcast. It seems like you have so many podcasts that Yikes, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Peter needs to take a break from podcasts. Uh, he, he's got too many. I'm worried that he's overworking himself. Um, he's obviously got a full-time job that's very stressful, but, um, yes, I'm, I'm a very big fan of your, you and your podcast. I love the shows where you, um, you have your son on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he's not in trouble. Yeah. I, I love those shows because like I said, I, you know, my podcast is me, me and my wife and sometimes we have friends and stuff on. So I love, I love podcasts that bring in, you know, family and friends and kind of talk about their love of movies. That's kind of like my jam. So I appreciate you having me on the podcast and I, I, I I'm a big fan of yours as well. So. Well, yeah, thank you so much. So, uh, again, where can listeners uh, find your guys' great content and interact with you on social media? So we, um, so we're on we're on Podbean. That's our main host site. You can find us at so I married a movie You can Google us. We're on Twitter at moviegeekcast. Um, you can find us on uh, on Facebook. So I married a movie geek on Facebook. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Um, yeah, just you know, look for us. We're we're out there. We love to talk to people about movies and stuff. We're nice people. So yes, yeah, indeed you are, yes. and you guys are active too. So you guys aren't like one of those people that you try to say hello to and never get back to. There's oh, definitely some of those out there. There is, but like like I said, we've we've been doing this for so long, and um, you know, before we had kids, we we kind of you know kind of kept ourselves and 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 stuff and we're just really excited that like podcasts are kind of exploded and you know, we get to talk to other podcasts and I'm excited to talk to other people about movies. Like if I could, you know, if I could, we were talking about this earlier before we started, like if I could talk about movies to people on Twitter all day, I I, I would, you know, if that was like yeah. a job. So I'm, I'm super excited to, you know, talk to people about movies in any facet, Twitter, Facebook, you know, on other podcasts, on my podcast. So I'm a huge like bonafide movie geek. I'm not, you know, one of those fakers or, or something. So, I mean, I, we just talked about mannequin from 1987 for, for, for a long time. And I was, I was super into it and excited about it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, rightfully so. I mean, it's a, uh, it's an awesome movie. Uh, I too am a movie geek. I would say I'm definitely more of a movie geek than I am like a film critic or anything like that. You know, I definitely like to have fun with my movies. Um, you know, we've mentioned a lot of the shows that I do, but if you just follow me, you know, at Rip Citizen, which is my personal account, or at Paulstalgic, you know, there's going to be uh, links to all my other shows. Uh, Paulstalgic is part of the Corten Parts Podcast Network. Uh, you can find me and, um, you know, other great shows on there as well. So, uh, yeah, Justin, thank you again so much for coming on. 
Um, you know, nothing's going to stop our love for 80s movies and uh, 80s starlets. And one other thing, uh, Peter, we're, we're also part of the, you know, hashtag hashtag movie yeah. pod squad on the, you know, hashtag partner family on social media. And so big shout out to, to all those guys. I know, um, and I'm sure you would agree is um, we've kind of found like a, a niche within a niche uh, of these uh, people that have movie podcasts. And I'm, I got a lot of love for you and all those other guys. So um, shout out to those dudes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, keep an eye out because uh, what's in the works is we're looking to do some kind of collaboration with, you know, I, I don't know, we threw out like a movie game idea perhaps. So yeah, so, something for the for the movie geeks for sure. Um, follow all of us, you know, to, uh, to get all the latest content and information. Yeah, definitely a big shout outs to them. They've been very supportive, uh, you know, with all of us. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's it for me. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, Justin, for your time. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Looking in your eyes, I see a paradise. This world that I found is too good to be true. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for. Podstagic is part of Cortemp Arts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Listen to some of our other shows like Get Real Movies, Blood, Guts, and Blu-ray, and The Broken Brain at cortempart.com.